Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Well, if you've been following us on social media, we recently put out a video of us starting a new series called Better Together. Everybody shout Better Together. This will be a two-part series um, that will be focusing on specifically on godly community and what it means to be in godly community and what that means for every single believer. Throughout this series, we'll be discussing specific uh, topics such as pursuing unity, um, avoiding division, carrying each other's burdens, offering hospitality, forgiveness, and encouragement. It's truly a series um, that I want you to lean in that is going to be very beneficial to your walk with Christ. And throughout this sermon series, we will be focusing on a specific text and that will be coming out of Romans 15, chapter 15, verse 5 through 7. If you want to turn to your Bibles, we're going to read the focus text for this series, but then we'll go on to the text for this specific sermon. But you can turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 15, verse 5 through 7. Romans chapter 15, verse 5 through 7. And it says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are new to this church, our mission here at Grace City Tampa is for the lost to be found. We want to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. And the reason why this series is so important because the series Better Together has everything, not 80%, not 90%, but it has everything to do with our phrase for the year, which is to lead people uh, or for the lost to be found. And that's rooted out of Matthew 28, to reach, teach, and make disciples. And I want you to honestly memorize that scripture because that is not simply just the mission for this house, but that is the mission for the global church. That's why we're here. That's why we gather here to be equipped and trained to go out and do the same. So Romans chapter 15, 5 through 7, and the text that we are going to be focusing on this morning is going to come from John chapter 13, verse 31 through 35. John chapter 13, verse 31 through 35. And as you're turning there, a little bit about what is going on in this scripture, Jesus is gathered with his disciples. This is right before um, Jesus is about to be betrayed by Judas. And he's talking with his disciples. And in this moment, Judas, the one who is going to betray Jesus, is called out so he leaves. So now he is having a conversation with 11 disciples. And he's encouraging them and talking to them. The table is set. And this is Jesus' first statement to the disciples. And it reads, John chapter 13, verse 31 through 35. When he, Judas, was gone. Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, 
and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now. Where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. A new command I give you, love one another. And for a few minutes, very briefly, I want to speak to you from a simple subject titled, A New Command, Love One Another. Our Father and our God, we thank you that we have the opportunity to hear straight from you. God, I pray on this morning that you will give us ears to hear, that you will soften our hearts to receive something on this morning that will change our lives forever. God, we love you and we bless your name. In Jesus' name we all say amen, amen, and amen. A new command, love one another. Before I go any further, I want you to ask your neighbor a question. I want you to tap them, turn to the person on your right. I want you to ask them, do you have a best friend? Go ahead, turn to your neighbor, ask them, do you have a best friend? Turn to your other neighbor. You're talking to them too long. It's a yes or no question. Ask them, do you have a best friend? I do have a best friend. All right. If your neighbor said yes to having a best friend, can you just raise your hand? If your neighbor said yes to having a best friend. All right, keep your hand raised. And I want you to look around this room. Look how many people can say that they have a single best friend. You can go ahead and put your hands down. I wonder how much more would our hands be raised. We probably could raise our hands a few times if I said how many of you just simply have friends because all of us have so many friendships that we are a part of that not only makes us better but makes the people around us better. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have a degree. I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care if you love your job. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care if you come to church often. I don't care how much you pray, how much you tithe, how much you read the word of God, or even how old you are. Every single person in this room under the sound of my voice, and every single person, I'll go so far to say, every single person in this world has a longing for relationship. In fact, God specifically designed each of you for relationships. He first designed you to be in relationship with him. But even after God made Adam and he said that his creation was good, he observed his creation and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. So since the beginning of time, ever since God put Adam in a deep sleep, there has been this cry that has echoed throughout generations. There has been this cry that has echoed throughout humanity 
for relationships. There's been this cry for real relationships. There's been this cry for real friendships with one another. Why? Because we are better together. Somebody shout better together. If we've never met, uh, Monday through Friday, I work at Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. Go fire. Um, and this Friday started our move-in weekend for students. Um, and as I was helping move-in students, I was reminded of my first move-in day uh, to Southeastern in 2016. Um, I remember the days leading up to move in. I was so nervous. Um, I was frightened because I was scared that I would go the whole first year without having any friends. Um, yeah, oh. <laughs> One of my first times on campus was actually move-in day, so I was really lost. Uh, and a fun fact about me, I am a huge introvert. Uh, I know I may portray something a little bit different on Sundays, uh, but it's like this supernatural energy comes on me from like 5.30 a.m. to like 3.30 p.m. But let me tell you, once 3.31 p.m. comes, don't talk to me, don't call me. I am no longer Wayne character. I am Ronald. You do not want to see who Ronald is. <laughs> but I was so nervous but I also knew that there was going to be an event every single day leading up uh, to classes, and I was determined not to go to these events by myself. So I did the weirdest thing that you can ever do. I do not encourage this if you are about to go to college. It's so weird. But after I moved in, I went and knocked on every single door in Bauer Hall, which is the freshman guy's dorm, and I introduced myself, and I said, hey, do you need help moving in? And let me tell you, uh, that night when we went to the underground, which was the event, I showed up with the squad, I showed up with the crew. But I showed up with community. Why? Because my longing to be with people was greater than my longing to be by myself. And I, I, my prayer for this morning is that we would understand the simplicity of community. I wonder when it became weird for us to say hey to someone we didn't know. I wonder when it became weird for us to just introduce ourselves to someone that we have never met. Men, I wonder when it became weird for us to go up to a girl that we were interested in and introduce ourselves. Come on, lights, they ain't talking to me. I wonder when it became weird for us to initiate community. And if we look on to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12, it says that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But how embarrassing is it anyone who falls and has no one to help them up? Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. Mm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Uh, how many of you have been walking down the street and you trip and almost fall and you like quickly look around? 
I don't know about you, but to me, it's more embarrassing if I trip and almost fall and there's no one around than if I trip and fall and everyone's around. Because if I trip and fall and no one's around, I know somebody saw me. I just can't see them and I have to laugh by myself. But if people are around, I know that they're going to laugh with me. Maybe they're laughing at me, but it gives me more comfort if they're laughing with me. And when we look at the scripture, what I understand is, yes, it's good to have community uh, for when you fall for them to pick up. But it's also essential to have community for when you fall that you can have somebody to laugh with. Community is not just simply about having someone to pick you up. But community is about having someone to enjoy life with, having someone to laugh with. We go on to Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 through 20. This scripture, Jesus is telling the church body how to handle conflict. It says, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Jesus talks about that if you have a dispute with someone, then you need to go to them directly and have a conversation with them privately. But there are some times where you can't get a solution just with you two, so it may be required for a few witnesses to come in the conversation and help uh, bring a solution because sometimes disputes are better handled together. Uh, there's power when you handle things together. There is power when you pray about your frustrations together. What we must understand that it does not say that when we come in the name of anger, it does not say that when we come in the a name of frustration or in the name of anxiety or in the name of, of anything unlike God, but it says when we come in the name of Jesus, yes, he will be there with you and the other person that you have a dispute with, but he is also with you when two or three are gathered. And these scriptures only scratch the surface when it comes to all that a relationship holds in our lives. And I want us to get a better understanding of the gift of community. And I was reading these statistics. And what's interesting is that these studies have found that 58% of U.S. adults were considered lonely. 21% of adults have no close friends. Loneliness levels are highest in younger adults, 18 to 34, making up 42%. 73% of heavy social media users are considered lonely. So we see both sides. We see that there is power in community. We see that God designed us for community. We see that we are better together, but still a lot of us in this room would say that we sometimes feel lonely. When you look at the definition of lonely on Google, it's simple. The meaning says sad because one has no friends or company. Sad because no one has friends or company. And so how do we take this information of the power of friendship and activate it in our lives? And not just for the initial relationship, but for long-lasting, iron-sharpens-iron-strong relationships. And I believe that God has given us the answer on today. The scripture says that he has given us a new command. Turn to your neighbor and say, new command. 
Scripture says in John 13, 31 through 35, when he, Judas, was gone, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I know you were looking for something grand, uh, something that would pierce your hearts, but there's so much power in what the scripture says, a new command. Very little do we see Jesus specifically commanding something. So when we see a new command, this is basically a baseline for us as believers that we need to follow in the body of Christ. A command simply means a new authoritative order. And Jesus says to his disciples, love one another as I have loved you. Jesus, understanding this, is his last time gathering with all of his devout disciples before his crucifixion, and he gives the command to love each other. And when they love each other, people will just know that they are Jesus' disciples. And our pastor tells the illustration, not that I know much about this, but he tells the illustration of a marriage. And he says that you don't get married just to post someone on social media. If you do, bring it to the altar. That's a shame. Um, you also don't wear a ring or a jewelry just because you like jewelry. But you wear this ring uh, as a sign to people to know who you are committed to. You wear this ring as a sign for who you love, who you have been in covenant with. You wear this as a sign to show whose you are. And my question to you on this morning is whose are you? Do people see you and they say, oh, they belong to Jesus? Or when people see you, do they say, oh, they belong to the world? When people see you, do they say, oh, they belong to Jesus? Or do they say, oh, they belong to money? When people see you, do they say, oh, they belong to Jesus? Or do they say they belong to politics? When people see you, do they say, oh, they belong to Jesus? Or do they say they belong to the news? Who do people say that you are? Even Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? And they went on to say, who uh, who Jesus is and I want people to say when I'm all dead and gone that he was someone who belonged to Jesus he is someone who followed the true and living God he is someone who loved uh, another uh, people he was someone who loved people as he loved himself he was one who served the king of kings and the lord of lords he was one who served the provider he was one who served the protector and not the, just the one who served the protector the provider but he shared the good news of what god can do in every single person's life it should be so obvious that we love each other because of who we belong to somebody shout jesus Jesus goes on to say this in John 15. He says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater, lo greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, 
I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. And this reiteration shows us the depth Jesus goes to show his love for us. And the fact that greater love has no one than this, than to lay down your life. And I'm not saying that you have to go and nail yourself to a cross, but we should live a life where we are giving up something for the people around us. And this isn't a new idea. This is just a new command for his disciples. This is a new command for the followers of Christ, which we identify as. Leviticus 19:18 says, Do not seek revenge. Or bear a grudge against anyone among, among your people. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so for centuries, God has been ringing this from the rooftops of the importance of what it looks like to be loved to one another. Why? Because it reveals God. It not only reveals God, but it glorifies God. The love reveals whose we are. So how are we better together? How do we get the togetherness that makes us better? Love one another. If you're looking for a point on this morning, your point is love one another. People will know that you are a disciple of Jesus if you love one another. And I want you to look to your left and look to your right, look to your left. Look to your right. You may be wondering, how do I share the good news without being a weirdo? How do I share the good news without people being annoyed by me? It's so simple. You share the good news. People know that you serve Jesus by the way that you love one another. Practically, how do we show love as the band comes? I said earlier, it's not anything super grand that God is requiring of us to do. It's a simple fact that if we love one another, I guarantee you that people will start coming up to you and asking, what is it about you? There's something on you. I can't explain it. I don't have words for it, but there's something about you that I want to be, become more like you. And that is our opportunity. To say, if you want something like this, you must love one another. And when you love one another, you will become more like Jesus. And I have a few scriptures that we'll be going over throughout this sermon series that I want you to take out your phone and write down or, or take out your notepad and write down. And I want you to meditate on these scriptures throughout your week. And when you find yourself being a little irritated, I want you to reflect on these scriptures. It's so interesting to me. Sometimes I will pass by someone and I, they will be the nicest person ever. And I find out that they've never even stepped foot in a church. But then I'll talk to people who grew up in church and they're some of the meanest people I have ever met. That just really does not make sense to me. Kindness, loving one another, is not something that is reserved for the South. Kindness, loving one another is not something reserved 
for Southern hospitality. Kindness and loving one another is something that is reserved specifically for the church of God in Christ. I want you to write these scriptures down. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. It talks about being devoted, giving preference to one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Number two, Romans chapter 14, verse 19. It teaches us how to build one another. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. It teaches us how to accept one another. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25. Care for one another. Why y'all looking at me? Y'all supposed to be writing. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25. Care for one another. I believe that God is a healer. I believe that God is a deliverer. But I think many times the church is so passionate about praying for healing because their lack of desire to care for one another. What would it look like if we cared for one another as much as we believe for God to do the impossible? Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. Serve one another. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, bear one another's burden. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving one another. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, regard others as more important. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, bear with and forgive complaints against others. And lastly, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. Encourage one another. I want you to think about if the person to your left does this for you. If they're devoted to you, if they build you up, if they accept you, if they care for you, if they serve you, if they bear your burdens. I wonder what it would look like other person on the other side of you was kind to you, tenderhearted, regarded you as important. They forgave your complaints. They encouraged you. People will start to see something about you. They'll see a sacrificial love taking place from within your life. You know what they'll see? They will see that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. No one loves like Jesus loves. So what should people say about Kirby? They should say no one loves like Kirby loves. No one loves like Katya loves. No one loves like Jeremy loves. No one loves like Valerie loves. No one loves like you love because no one loves you like Jesus did. You know how the world wants to be loved? They want to be accepted. They want their identity to be accepted. They want their truth to be accepted, their priorities, their sin to be accepted. They want recognition for their accomplishments. They want fame and popularity, the likes, the follows, the comments. They want fortune, things, but church, we are called not to those things, 
but we are called to the great commission that God has commissioned us with. And we can only do this if we are together. There is no single church. There is the global church. Uh, one of our values is we are a no gossip zone. Uh, specifically, we are a no gossip zone when it comes to other churches. Why? Because we truly believe that we are better together. If there was only Grace City Tampa in Tampa, let me tell you, people would not be getting reached as fast as possible. But because there is Radiant, because there's Grace Family, because there's Grace City, because there is Courageous, we are able to push this thing a little bit faster together. We are called to be together. The goal is not this, not what can I get, but the goal is what can I give. The goal is not what can I get, but the goal is what can I give. And as we stand all over this room, it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 8 through 10, 10 let no debt remaining remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law, the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever, whatever other command there may be are summed up into this one command. This one command. This one command. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Before you love your neighbor, you got to love yourself. There's a lot of harmful things that we can do to one another. But I want to remind you, encourage and prophesy over you that love can do no harm. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And I love this. Jesus says, I chose you so that you might bear fruit. Why? Because fruit will last. John 15, 16 through 17 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go on and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love one another. Matthew 22, 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. I want to be the few. Does anybody want to be the few? If the few are called to love the other disciples in the church, I'm going to go out of my way and show love. You could coast and just be the many called but I want to be the few that are chosen but the ones that love one another will bear fruit that will last I'm living with eternity in my mind I'm living with the perspective of eternity I'm living with the goal of heaven I want to be known as the disciple of Jesus Christ how? by the way that I love with every head bowed and every eye closed Maybe you're in this room this morning and you're saying, I never experienced such a love like this until I parked my car on this parking lot. I never experienced a love like this until I walked up those steps and I saw a bunch of crazy people greeting me. I never experienced a love like this until 
I saw people with their hands raised, their eyes lifted towards heaven. And I said, why not? And I lifted my hands and I looked towards the hill from which cometh my help. And I found out that my help cometh from the Lord. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, I want to make a decision on this morning to serve this God for the rest of my life. I want to make a decision on this morning to make God Lord of my life. The Bible says if you confess with your heart, believe that Jesus, that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you will be saved. So on the count of three, no turning back. You may not have it all figured out. You may not know the fullness of what this consists of, but I promise you, you will experience a love like never before, and not only experience, but you will be able to give a love that no one has ever experienced. So on the count of three, he died for you. Number two, he didn't just die for you, but he was raised on the third day for you and for me so that we can experience resurrection power. On th Number three, if you want to raise your hand and say, I want to commit my life to Christ, go ahead and slip your hand up high. We'll wait. Is there one? Is there one? We have one right here. Best decision you will ever make. One right here. Keep your hand raised. Is there one? Is there another? We'll wait. All eyes looking at me. Christ is your Lord. Let me tell you, I am so passionate about this thing. I don't even have words for it. I truly believe in this phrase, in this mission for the lost to be found that I want to do it for the rest of my life. But I cannot do this by myself. Alex cannot do this by himself. Brianna cannot do this by herself. Grace City Timber cannot do this by ourselves. We need people to answer the call become chosen and go and give a love like people have never experienced before so with every hand raised in this building we're going to cry out we're going to sing to a God that loved us like we've never been loved before I know you're in a marriage but your spouse cannot love you the way that Jesus loves you I know you have friends but they cannot love you like our God loves you I know you think experience true love but until you have had an encounter with the almighty true and living God you cannot say that I've experienced love but on this morning we have an opportunity to see to a God that loved us in spite of us so with our hands raised and with our voice lifted we sing the name of Jesus thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church